Welcome to the Chuck and Deb Show, heard each Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. here on 1490 AM WWPR. And now, here's Chuck and Deb. Hi, I'm Chuck. And Deb. And And welcome welcome to to the the Chuck Chuck and Deb Deb Show. Show. Hey, we're so grateful and thankful that you've joined us today. We have a very interesting show that Deb is going to tell us all about today. Oh, goodness gracious. Deb is going to tell us all about it. I think it's a Chuck and Deb Show for a reason. Well, maybe it is, but today it's the Deb Show. No, okay. Well, <laughs> before we get started on the Deb and Chuck show or the Deb the show or the Chuck, Chuck and, and Deb, Deb show, show um, it's all about the truth behind the motorcycle mystique and the real life inspiring stories that will help you find your true destiny, discover your freedom, and discover your purpose. So, with the pre ride safety briefing behind us, it's kickstands up and let the good times roll. Our sponsor today for the Chuck and Deb Show is the Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho and Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you're looking for a cutting edge education and instruction in the industry's leading methodology in both cut and color, then you want to contact Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy for this very sought after career. So be sure and visit the chuckanddebshow.com and visit the sponsor page to contact information about Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy. And that's on our sponsor page, right? It is on our sponsor page, yes. At uh, the chuckanddebshow.com. Chuckanddebshow.com. I think so, but you made sure we said it again. Well, you know, I just want to make sure we said it again because as I, you know, we were getting started here and I was like, you know, say this is your show. There's a real reason behind all this. Oh no, here we go. Well, you know the reason, really. I mean, we just got back from Rolling Thunder. Yes. We left last Thursday. Yes. Like afternoon, later than we wanted <laughs> yeah. to leave. And we just got back uh, yesterday. We just so, got back yesterday, yes. That's right. Yes, we just got afternoon. back yesterday afternoon. And so, you know, I'm dragging a little bit. I, it's It was a long ride. I mean, we did, what? Over 2,000 miles. Over 2,000 miles. Over 2,000 miles. And how many days is that? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, six. And really, so. Four of the six were riding pretty feverishly right. up and back. So. And then we didn't <laughs> ride one day at all because we were out with our friends. Yeah, we Kevin actually got, we got car time. That was pretty yeah, nice. Yeah, we did get some car time. <laughs> so we did get off the bike a little bit. But, you know, it was very strenuous. And I think, you know, so that's probably some of the things that you're going to talk about here in a little bit. I but so, so. I, you know, I was just throwing it all on you. But, you know, as you were talking about our sponsors, I could tell maybe you're dragging just a little bit, too. Yeah, you know, I, I don't come back quite like I used to. I, car trips were one thing, but riding a motorcycle in 90 degree temperatures two days straight is... And and kudos to you because you are my hero, as I mentioned to you a while on the trip, that yes, you are my hero because, you know, you really endured. You just bit the bullet. Um, We had, we'll talk, probably talk about some of the adventure that we experienced and you were just a trooper, man. 96, 97 degree heat going through both days in the mid nineties. That's pretty difficult to do when we were riding, you know, eight plus hours one day and six plus hours the next. That's, that's unbelievable well it was a little bit different this time from any other time that i've ridden and we'll talk about that as as, so you want to stay tuned but uh one of the things is i mean we can sit here and complain about the heat but we didn't have any rain at all no except for when we went to the bob seger concert (laughs) yeah that was a a whole experience (laughs) Uh, so but as far as riding goes uh we didn't have 
I don't even think we got a drop of rain. I don't recall a drop. I mean, it drop. was that hot. and uh, There were times when I was hoping maybe. Yeah, yeah just a little quick shower <laughs> to cool us off. Just enough to that, cool you down. That would have probably been okay. I think yeah. so. I wouldn't have stopped if it would have been quick. We could have drove through. That would have been real good. Yeah. Night, just enough to cool you off. Um, ease up some of that heat and temperature a little bit for a while, at least, you know, kind of give us a little bit of a break, but overall it was a great, great trip and, um, so happy that everything went well from a travels perspective. So, cause you never know when you get on that road, you just never know what might happen. Well, actually, you know, we did have an encounter, I guess, whatever you want to call it. We had something happen. Yeah. And what that was is when we we're in Jacksonville. Because in my infinite wisdom, we just we went through Orlando and Jacksonville hmm. rather than up 301. Yeah, because like that's boring. Do. But uh, no, it's not just boring. Even coming back on 301 today was driving me nuts. And if anybody that does the 301 drive, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it starts off uh, 55, 45, 35. And these things are like, I don't know, 50 feet just apart. a few miles apart. And, and I mean, it's few, almost yeah, like, it's I mean, you can tell it's like a speed trap setup. Because of the way they shift down the speeds, and it's always changing. You would think they would get an average speed that they would keep there, and just everybody could travel 50, you know, maybe a safe speed. Right. But no, they've got it off and on, off and on, and it's, I don't know for how long. And, it, and then you got to go through the cities, and it's just, a, for, for me, it's just a real pain. I, yeah. I really don't like it at all. I don't blame you whatsoever, so thank goodness that you were doing it, and I wasn't, because <laughs> it is. It's 55, 45, and, 55, 60, 65, then down again. It's just... And then we saw the state troopers. There was at least two state troopers have people pulled over, so you know something's going on there. And uh, it, it just aggravates me because I don't I don't understand the reason why it's that way. I guess maybe if somebody would tell me the reason why they have it that way, maybe it would make sense. But to me, it doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, so rather than, were you going to say something? Well, I was because, you know, Stark used to be a place everybody's like, watch Starkey. out. Starky? Is it Stark, Stark or Starky? Starky, yep. One of those, however you say it the right way. But that used to be the place that everyone warned you about your speed. That's right. Still is. But, well, I didn't think that that was the case. But what I noticed today as we were going through all of those speed up, speed down, is that you're right. There was no consistency. It's not as though we were going through a small town and all of a sudden there were houses and or businesses. Nothing. There was nothing around. Two houses, not even a stoplight, and we're slowing down to 45. And I'm like, I can't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. So I didn't understand it either. So that's all I was going to say. Anyway, there there you go. There's another uh, rant from Chuck. I'll (laughs) give you those every once in a while. But that's that's one of my pet peeves is that area there. So again, in my infinite wisdom, I decided I wasn't going to do that. And I was going to drive through Orlando, which was a total mess. I mean, really, the traffic was pretty good. Fairly smooth moving for Orlando. It wasn't bad, but it was just so much construction. They were building roads over there and bridges. It's just they're bursting at the seams over there. Yes. And uh, so it was just a matter of just, uh, you know, being alert and paying attention. I, you know, it did go pretty good. We didn't stop there. No. We traveled right through. So I'm not going to complain too much about it. Other than it was just really hectic, really busy. A lot of things going on. Yes. And then as we went up the road, we uh, we got into Jacksonville. We were going around on the Beltway. And we thought we were home free. Mm. Coming up on an exit. As soon as we go up the exit, I... I see a law enforcement officer sitting there blocking the entrance. And I'm like, what's going on? And, you know, these cars. So I decide to pull up to him and uh, I wait for him. And he he gets out of his car because he's talking to another officer or whatever. Deputy. uh, Deputy, And uh, so he comes up to me. He says, what, Deb? Hey, bro. 
No, he said, hey, brother. Hey, brother. <laughs> hey, bro. hey, brother. Hey, brother, how can I help you? And I was like, hey, well, can you tell me what's going on? What's happening? And what he said, well, the, high, the interstate is shut down because there's a brush fire. And they don't know when it's going to be going, uh, opening back up. So go up the road here and go on 17. <laughs> the funny thing about 17, you know, it's amazing how many 17s they have. <laughs> it's like you drive around the interstate and you see all these 17s everywhere. I, I think, didn't uh, Shannon and Kevin live off a of 17? Yes, we turned off a of 17, <laughs> 17 in Virginia. 17, yeah. 17, that's all I saw all day. It was, day. It was so number. many 17s. Anyway, so we go down and get on this 17. But we don't even get close to 17. Because they're backed up, probably uh, a uh, half mile, and then you could see over the overpass that it's just not going to work. Nothing was moving. It was not, crazy. It's dead. I mean, the whole city was affected by this. As you can imagine, if the interstate's not open, what happens is everybody finds alternative routes, and that's what the law law enforcement agencies were doing: is sending everybody to these alternate routes. Well. These alternate routes that were nearby and local, they weren't moving. They, no. they, they were not going anywhere. And for those of you who ride motorcycles, you know, sitting out in the heat with your motorcycle, just as much heat coming Idle, off of that. Idling, and, yep. and then off the road, and we're just sitting there. It just doesn't take much before things start to drain. So I had enough at that intersection. And I told Deborah, we're just going to go. And I'll figure it out. I'm just not going to go here because I keep looking down because we're above on the the overpass. And I could see that cars are coming from the city, it appears. And they're not letting people in right. off the ramp. So, you know, it, and it just wasn't moving. It wasn't moving no. for at least 10 minutes. We were just sitting there we and sat. it wasn't moving. Correct. So I said, it's going to take us at least an hour mm -hmm. at this pace just to get to the bottom. Right. We'd be lucky. So anyway. So I go down the road and I see this opening across the median. I broke the law. Every I know you you, you got to catch me to see it, but I did. I went over the median. Uh, there was grass and gravel, but I had to do it. And I we headed back the other direction. Uh, I go up and I see another law enforcement officer, and he's on a phone or something. And, and then finally he rolled down the window. I asked him anything going on, and then he told me to go down to take Lim Tucker. And I told Deb this three times, and she couldn't remember it. <laughs> Lim Tucker Lim. Turner. Turner. Lim, Lim Turner. Turner. So you can't remember now. Well, at least I remembered a little bit of it. Yeah. So. Lim Turner. So, so, of course, Deb's supposed to be the coal pilot on the back to find out where Lim Turner is so I don't miss it. Thank goodness we did not miss it. And uh, But he sent us the right direction, and we're cruising along, and it's really looking good. We're in the shade, and I'm a happy camper. I'm like, oh, feeling good and all proud of myself. <laughs> and I'm just, yeah. We're just trucking along, and then all of a sudden, there Wham, right traffic. around the turn. Everything is backed up again. So guess what I do? Hey, Deb, we got to find another way around here. <laughs> so Deb starts looking on her phone, and she says, there's one up here. It says, go this way. Yeah. And so, again, we went out of the way, and it looked like we're, we're going out of the way just to come back to where we were, but we actually didn't, which no, I was we cut off a big piece, I think, by doing that. So it was yeah, pretty, we really did. pretty successful. So, you know, and everybody else these days are using technology just the same. And, you know, so anyway, we went out and we finally got around to where we were heading back to the interstate. Again, everything's looking good. Okay, everything's looking really good. We're flying along. And then it hits again. Yep. And this is what was it about five miles from the interstate? At least, uh, no, right? Yeah, maybe less than that. It could have been three. Well, I, I know it's all right. Let's say it's between three and five, five miles. Sure. We're out because I, it took forever to get to the interstate. And I kept saying I wasn't sure that I was going to make it. Because at this point, folks, I am soaking wet. 
and we are not going anywhere. And it was two hours into the delay. That's right. And I've already ridden, I don't know how many miles, you know, not from, you know, from the Sarasota area up to, up to there. And then all the rerouting that we did, I was getting pretty tired. And it was a good thing that I, that my, uh, we had a different bike. Uh, speaking of the bike, we got the uh, uh, Rossiter's, if I can spit it out here. Yeah, I know. Just say <laughs> it, will you? <laughs> yeah, we definitely want to give a big shout out and a thank to a thank you to our sponsor. If you're in the local Sarasota area and or come to visit, be sure and connect with Rossiter's Harley Davidson. We want to give them a big thank you for working things out to help us with the rental bike. Yep. And um, so we had a, you know, a Cadillac of a Harley, if you want to call it that. So I will, because I sat on the back kind of like a princess. I've never felt that special oh, before. Oh, boy, don't um, get used to it. I'm not, for <laughs> sure. But, you know, the thing about it is it still sitting for that long, no matter what position you're in, you're going to be stiff and sore. No, no matter what bike you're on. Correct. And, again, again, th- again thank you to Rossiter's, Rossiter's. Harley-Davidson mm. in Sarasota. Absolutely. We appreciate you guys so much. Be sure and visit and, them. And the bike ran really well, and we're just so grateful it got us up there and back and I talked to the bike last uh, the other day, last yeah, night, a couple whatever, days ago, yeah. And let him know how much I appreciate him because he did get us up there and back uh, without any problems. So uh, as we were getting up there, and like I said, I was just totally wet, and uh, I was talking about my forearm with the clutch. Uh, if you guys know the clutch, well, my bike that I have is a really, really tough clutch. Oh, that's an understatement. So you know, I do get sore on that one if we have to stop and move in traffic because it's just so tight. But on this bike, the rental bike that we had, which was a, a limited, a 2019 limited, yes, uh, edition, it, it was nice, easy, and smooth. But nonetheless. You do that about a hundred and something times, right? You know, it doesn't matter how the easy out it there. Is. It's like your hands start to get sore from the grips and everything, uh, because you're working them extra hard uh, than you would normally would. Because the other thing is you're controlling the bike at a lower speed, so now you're having to put more energy into the bike than you would if you were at a higher speed. Mm-hmm. So it's just draining the energy, and it took so long uh, for us to get up there to the interstate and and. It, you know, I was I just stuck with it because at one point I was saying, okay, I, we need to find something else. Right. I was like, okay, let's find another way. Let's find a different way. Let's get off of here. And as we continue to move forward, and I looked on the navigation there on the bike, and I, I didn't see another way around. No. So. And the long story of that is that that three to five miles ended up taking about 30 minutes to get to the interstate oh, it had back to be on moving. That, that was my calculations because, you know, we, we really had a two and a half hour delay yeah. approximately. So if we were at two hours when we hit that mark, then another 30 minutes. And, and it was totally insane. It really was. It was. It was the most craziest I've ever been. And of course, you think of brush fire and we can see the smoke and, <laughs> you know, trying to minimize it really. You're going to close the highway, but. On our trip back on, you know, as we were returning on Tuesday, we saw the evidence of that brush fire, I do believe, yeah, because we saw some, yeah. you know, trees burned along the the side of the interstate. And, but the thing, uh, they, they didn't look burned. They just, they were a different color. So I imagine, I guess they were yeah, burned. Yeah, they, they looked they like affected. they were probably burned. They were affected so, in some or, way. Yeah, by the, either by the heat or the the fire, whatever, but you could definitely tell that it was impacted. So I'm grateful that they did what they were supposed to do and keep us safe. Although it was frustrating at the time. So our eight hour day initial ride um, day leaving here in our local area was about 11 plus hours by the time we finally made it there. So, you know, long day of hot heat, 
distractions, problems, difficulties, challenges it, it, it along It could have been worse. It was just nothing. It was just one of those challenges that we made it through. And, of course, we persevered, and we, we just uh, went about and tried to find a different way, and we were able to make it through. So um, that's sort of how it got started. I, I can't remember how we got on this. We were just talking about how, you know, there was really nothing, no major events that took place, which is really we're really grateful for. That was the only you know, situation that we're involved in and we got through it. We survived. We survived. But we did learn a lot of something through that. We did. And uh, why don't we go ahead and go to one of our sponsors right now and we'll come back and tell you a little bit about that. So stay tuned. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in the Bradenton, Sarasota area? Then contact Deb Bell at deblbell.com or 941-713-5035 for your real estate professional at Reynolds Realty Gulf Coast. Again, that number is 941-713-5035. All right, I'm Chuck. And Deb. And we are back. And we're going to probably just, let's just talk a little bit more about uh, Rolling Thunder and the event a little bit. Okay. And let's just uh, share with the people what we experienced because uh, we have been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. By the way, it is Motorcycle Awareness Month. Month, yep. Um, so just make sure everybody's passing the word out to watch out for motorcycles, even though that should be a daily occurrence. And the only reason I throw that in there is because I remembered it just now. Okay, well, great. <laughs> See, you're on your game. No, I am not on my oh, game. okay. Matter of fact, I am feeling pretty hot right now. I don't know. You know, I really don't know what's happening. Okay. So um, well, we we're can... just going to have to keep plowing through this we're gonna we're gonna cool you down and get everything rolling the way it should be rolling and so a little bit about rolling thunder let's talk about that because if you've never been to rolling thunder you're probably a little intrigued and actually we had uh someone i I was really happy to hear that someone that saw some of our footage that we did and the lives that we posted while we were at the event said that it was always on his bucket list to go and it just wasn't a possibility and so he was grateful that we were there to do that and share that event with them. So oh, I thought that pretty was cool. pretty cool. It was very yeah. cool. And uh, I'm sure they they are not the only person. Matter of fact, uh, Scott from Rossiter, uh, he had mentioned to me that that was on his bucket list. Yes. And that they were going to catch the Amtrak up and go up that way. Uh, because on the Amtrak, you go out on the Amtrak out of Orlando and they'll actually uh, allow you to put your bikes on there. And then uh, you get to do a train ride, which actually, if we do it again, Deb, I think I would like to do that Probably because do I've that. always wanted to take a train ride anyway. Me too. My dad always promised me a train ride. So. Oh, well then, you know, that would be very special because Deb's father is a Purple Heart recipient. Yes. Recipient. Can Re- I say that right? Recipient, yes. Recipient. You can spit it out. That's All okay. Right. Recipient. Yep, for his two tours of Vietnam, for sure. So again, yep. a lot of that rolling thunder for me personally you know, as we got to talk to others that were in attendance, that was the one question I asked. So, you know, what? It, because it's a heart thing. You know, you don't just go up there to be part of this bike rally. No, it's um, It's than much that. more than that. And so we're all there for a particular reason. And, and my dad is one of the reasons. He's um, one of the lucky ones that had my dad return from Vietnam. So it's a, a way to honor him and his service, but also the POWs and those members of the military that didn't make it back with him. And I know that's something that's very difficult for him to talk about. And when you mention, you know, that anyone, any military member that's been through that, they're, they're in the same boat. Every time I hear about it, you know, it's something that I, as a a daughter of him, am very proud of um, and honored that 
that my dad is who he is. And but those military, they, they went through a lot. And so it is a very difficult thing for them to talk about that with others. Well, and I get that. You actually honor your dad quite a bit because there's a couple of different things that you have his purple heart on and and that you actually honor him with. One is including your motorcycle vest. Is that correct? That's correct. My one uh, one side of my left side and around my backside is a kind of a dedication to my dad. I do have um, his helico- a helicopter pin because he was a helicopter pilot. Um, I have his, one of his patches. Uh, my maiden name Chandler is on there. And so the U.S. flag, I've got several things. So um, definitely Purple Heart is something I'm very proud of, my dad and uh, his service. Well, you're just going to stop there and you're not going to tell him about your tattoo. Well, no, I also have it tattoo, a tattoo of a Purple Heart too, because, you know, I, I really give my patriotism that runs in and through me a lot to my dad because if I wasn't raised by him and the service that he offered our country, you know, I wouldn't feel. I don't believe the way I feel about um, the the USA. So well, I'm very proud. Obviously, your father put his life on the line mm. uh, for this country. Yes. And as you mentioned earlier, he was one of the fortunate ones that survived. And I recall when we went up to the wall. Probably, I think it was the was the first time, maybe. And you about broke down in tears. You 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 did lose it a little bit. I mean, not really wacko like, but but <laughs> you, be, you. you you became very emotional. <laughs> emotional. It is because you knew that all those names on the wall that you could actually see your father's name there, and his his name wasn't there. But right. all of those, I'm sure you could feel for all those people. Yes, definitely. Who have somebody missing out of their lives today? Right. Who are out there. People, these people were out there defending our freedoms, whether you agree with certain things or not. Um, they were out there doing what they were asked to do, and they, they went out there and did it. And, you know, there's been a lot of bloodshed throughout this history in order to keep our freedoms, which are not free. Okay, things aren't free. <laughs> Somebody right. pays for the free, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not going to go too far around there. No. But, but but again, you know, it was a very emotional experience for you because yes. you have a, a connection there. And your father is a uh, Purple Harbor recipient. And so this event probably even means that much more to you to be able to go there, be able to participate. And what? Um, and honor him and, and honor all of those soldiers. So... You know, there are a couple of things that I would have liked to have been able to accomplish, but sometimes you just don't have the time to do it all. Well, you know, that you know, I thought about it this time. Yeah. We got this was a short notice. How oh, we gosh. got there was just a true blessing. Those of you who have been following us on the show, uh, a couple of weeks ago we met this wonderful couple on a cruise that we were on. And we didn't know them very long, a few hours probably. <laughs> yeah. But you know how you just click with people. Yeah. It was just a perfect click. And it was Kevin and Sh- Shannon. If you guys are listening, hey, you're the best. We love yeah, that's you. That's right. <laughs> but um, we met them, and they were so kind enough, they extended an offer to us to to come up to Rolling Thunder and to stay at their house. Yes. And they have a beautiful, gorgeous house. <laughs> uh, it was just absolutely fantastic. And they knew the ins and outs, and they were able to take us all to all sorts of cool places. And we got to go to the Bob Seger concert. And, you know, all this <laughs> in just a very short period of time. We got to meet their friends in the neighborhood. And it was all this just packed jam. It was packed in two, two days. days. <laughs> it was. And all because we met these fine folks on a cruise and we just connected and they were just too cool yeah. to allow us to come up there and to be able to celebrate this because I know we've said this before, we had it on our list to go. We just did not know 
how we were going to get there. We really wanted to be there this year because with everything that's being said, this is quite possibly, it was quite possibly the last Rolling Thunder. Now, there's a lot of things in the news right now. Trump has put a tweet out there. He thanked the Pentagon and he talked about how Rolling Thunder was going to be back uh, again next year and hopefully for years to come. However, there's sort of some contradictions out there. The people that head up Rolling Thunder say, no, this is the last one. Right. And maybe that's just because they don't have any confirmation of things right now. And, you know, I'm going to go off a little bit on a tangent. I don't know where we were before, but I'm going to go here if I can remember. You know, I was began. I read some articles on this because one of the things we want to know, and one of the things that uh, that was very evident, was that this was a huge event, probably the biggest ever. And the reason we know that is because Kevin has been there. I don't know how many times they were ten times. Ten times. He's been there ten times. Plus, we talked to other individuals that were there and had said the same thing. They have never seen anything like this before and so the turnout was so great and it was just it was such a joy it really was a just a joy and a great a great feeling in your heart to know that everybody showed up and because they don't want this to go away they want rolling thunder to stay so that we can always remember our pow's and our mias and we want to make sure that stays at the forefront and uh it's so significant that that this take place and uh you know i I read an article and it seemed a little bit negative to me and i mentioned to kevin and i'm going to say this and you know i thought it was great because in the article the person they were talking about the cost and that's that's one of the reasons why rolling thunder this may have been the last one was because of the, the the expenses and, you know, one of the, the articles I read, and I wish I had it, I would cite it, okay, because uh, this is the way. Anyway, in big, bold, capital let- letters, he talked about, and the taxpayers are supposed to pay for this. And what it was saying prior to that was that, you know, that uh, Rolling Thunder wasn't paying the cost that anybody else would pay, you know, to be able to park our bikes in the Pentagon and all this. And then they go through in this big capital letters and you expect the taxpayers to have to pay for this. It was really negative and really derogatory when I read it. And I didn't, you know, I understand that part of it. And I mentioned to Kevin and more power to Kevin because it came flowing right out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. You know what he said? That was paid for with blood. So you think about that for a minute. All right, because that's what it was about. And so, you know, but what they don't want you to know and what, what I want to talk about, you know, what, what, you know, what we go look for and what I was looking for is the number, the number of bikes that were there. And we don't have a number yet. And when we went, what, eight years ago? Mm-hmm. I think they said it was close to a million then. It was like 900,000 or something. I recall a 900,000 number. But that's what we heard. Number. That was yeah. a number. That was a number that we heard. Um, and, you know, all of us, we, we, want, we want to know the number. Will we get a real number? But anyway, so so not only that, but what they don't tell you about are the positive aspects. Mm-hmm. Imagine, no, not imagine, don't think about it a minute. All those bikers, did they buy food? Did they stay at hotels? Did they buy gas? Just imagine the influx mm-hmm. of cash flow into D.C. and all the cities around it. Surrounding areas, for sure. There's a lot of surrounding areas that benefited from this. And you talk about tax. Everything that they probably bought was probably taxed and paid. Mm -hmm. All right? 
So nobody's out there that I've seen is talking very positive when it comes to really what uh, Rolling Thunder actually contributes back to the communities. And all these years, I've never seen it. And if anybody's listening and you've got some positive information that you want to send us, please send it to us, uh, IM us or whatever, at Chuck and Deb on Facebook or go out to our website and leave us. uh, We've got a a little uh, form there that you can fill out. Leave me some information. I mean, I'll, I could go out on search on it, but maybe you've already found it. If, if there's positive information, just like when we do, uh, and I almost got it confused right down here, because just like we do at uh, Thunder by the Bay. Yes. Thunder by, Thunder by the Bay has a very, very uh, huge economic impact mm-hmm. with our community. Yes. I mean, it's really good. And remember, Sarasota, they got all bent out of shape because they had to shut down. But all that money that generated... So then one year they move out east, then they get, then they move back, back down to the fairgrounds. Yep. And, you know, the fairgrounds worked out okay, I guess. But, you know, being downtown really was sort, sort of special. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nobody really takes into effect that we understand. I mean. There's a cost of business, and I, I get it. There, you know, we understand. I mean, you know, one of the things that I noticed when we were up there is that the, the law enforcement up there, at least down here when we do escorted rides and things like that, they just seem happy. They, they don't seem like, you know, it's drudgery. But these guys, I didn't really see anyone smile except for one guy at the Pentagon. Yeah. And I, but Deb and I said something. If you one watch officer. one of the videos, uh, he's just out there working a lot. If you see, watch our videos on Facebook, uh, you'll hear us say, I said, I said to the other guy, mm-hmm. one thing I said, thank you for your smile. Because it was really such a relief, such a pleasure to be able to see a smile. He was he was out there in the heat just like everybody else, mm-hmm. you know. But he made the best of it, and he was smiling, and he was giving thumbs up, and he was just really into it. I mean, we need more people like that, you know. But to see these people, they just, you know, I know, I get it. I get the other side of the story. I really right. do. But do they get the other side of, again, why we're doing this? Right. Correct. You know, Kevin's right. This was paid for by blood. It's paid for by our brothers that aren't back home and our sisters that they're, they're, they're still missing in action. Right. Okay. So, and and the POWs that, that may be out there, the remains or whatever it is, you know, they're still out there. The families and these are, don't know. That's right. And these are people that paid the price. And and I'm not going to, maybe I've gone on a little bit long to, the, uh, to this. I hope I made my point. I'm, I'm not sure if I, I did go around. I know I said I did, right? <laughs> yeah. It, and again, remember, I'm really tired. <laughs> and <laughs> tired, I am, exhausted. I am, I'm, just... I'm really hot right now. I mean, I'm not giving that an excuse. I'm just telling you my personal state right now. Yeah. And uh, so what, what else, Deb? What do we got now? Well, to, you, to shut me up because I've been doing all the talking. Well, you know, there. Well, we're going to talk just briefly about a couple of things. There, every. Well, but hold on a second. You were going to go there. But before, I, I'm sorry, I do this to you a lot. Okay. But what about you? What were your feelings about all this? Um, you know, I was, I was blown away at the presence that was represented because, here was the thing: we were with someone that has been there for years. He knew all the ins and outs. He knew all of the right timing to show up and be there and be present. And so we did our thing. We we joined a dealer. We rode in with the dealer. We took a little bit of a break, went and got some breakfast, came back at a very reasonable time, and therefore, all of a sudden, there's bike after bike, and they just don't stop rolling, just rolling in. in. And, and, and the places that in. they used to be places to go 
rest and relax, he said, didn't exist this time. So just knowing that from an experienced person that had attended year after year after year for several years and to hear that and then just see them for hours and hours. I mean, you know, the parade started at noon and there were still motorcycles rolling in at two o'clock, two thirty, three o'clock. They were still coming off of the interstates in to be part of this event. And that just was amazing to me. And, you know, uh, we're going to go to a break here in just a little bit, Deb, but you know, as we went through this time, it was a lot different than the last time. The, lo- the last time we went through, we actually sat in the Pentagon parking lot and we got, we got out probably within an hour or so, maybe an hour and mm-hmm. a half. Yeah. It wasn't too long. It wasn't too long. We were there early. Um, so it was probably within the first two hours maybe of the, of the event or the hour and a half thereabouts. And that time when we went through, when we went down Constitution Avenue, is it yes, the right street? Yes. And we went down through there. The people were lined up. They were packed. Packed. Now, it was a little bit different this time, and understandably so. I mean, the day when we were there five years ago, whatever it was, eight years ago, I can't remember right now, it was, it was hot then, too. It but was. But this was excruciating hot this Correct. time. Correct. And we it were on the whole... front end of that, where this time I think we were probably yes. much closer to the, the back end That's of right. it. Because we didn't really even start rolling out until 4.30, I think, yeah. by the time we really got the par- our portion of the parade really rolling and moving forward. And so. I, 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 here's what I want to do. I want to give a shout out to all those people who stood out there waving, saluting, everything that they did, high fives, yelling, waving flags, holding flags. Banners, signs. They, they, they stood out there. And they stood out there. Those people probably stood out there as long as the bikers came through. And so the crowds weren't as big. And that's okay. That's understandable because mm-hmm. of the heat. Uh, but those who stuck it out, man, I just wish I could give you all another high five because you were just really hung it in there. You hung in there uh, through the heat. And you did it with us. And you were there to, you know, and, and, and to the end. I don't know how long it continued after we went. But I can tell you one thing that I know for sure, there was at least a whole parking lot and a half less because, Deb, remember on the other side of the bridge? That whole side of the bridge where still, we were at our park. was parks, still full. That was still full. Correct. And then the, the, the other lot here was just starting to go to out as we out. were. You're right. So there was that half there, and then there was that full lot over there. Now, what does that mean, half here? We don't know. I'll just tell you that it was thousands of bikes. Correct. There probably thousands. were several thousand bikes that were thousands still remaining. Of bikes mm-hmm. That were behind us after we went. And we don't know if the two overflow lots were had taken off either oh, because I know that that was right. mentioned that there were going two additional overflow lots that they have not yet filled or anticipated and had to start moving motorcycles there. That's right because Kevin talked to the the Pentagon guy and the guy said they had to open up two because he said because of the population increase they had to open up two additional lots correct that hadn't been planned for correct so, so again we're really excited we're really looking forward to hearing the numbers and we want to remain positive about rolling thunder now you know the people that are in charge of it you know hopefully it'll work itself out who knows what's going to happen we want to hope for the best because we believe the tradition shall continue what we would like to see because uh, you know if we can't make it back next year we would like to go back again i you know this is just one of those things you just really want to do i mean kevin and shannon has done it for 10 years right. there's a reason why you do these things for 10 years it's not about you folks no 
All right. It's not about us. It's about honoring I mean, the service. I of mean, others. what we wanted to do was bring it to you. If you're interested in seeing some of the videos that we did, we tried to do the best we could. If you're interested in seeing some of those, go out to uh, Facebook and we'll try to get them up on YouTube too. But uh, search for uh, Chuck and Deb show and you should be able to find the footage there. But we've gone way over. Let's take a real short break here and we'll be right back. If you're looking to either sell or buy a home in the Bradenton North River area, contact Deb Bell to help make your dreams come true at Reynolds Realty. Call Deb Bell, 941-713-5035. That's 941-713-5035 or online at parishfl.com. For all of your real estate needs, call Deb Bell. All right, we are back, and uh, we're going to go ahead and go into a topic because I was just we were just talking about how the heat and everything uh, really was a major impact on the trip. Yes. And really, we didn't know how much of an impact probably until like two days later. That's what I'm thinking. So here's what happened. So... You know, we were talking to you about Jacksonville, and we went up there, and we got stuck in the traffic, and I got drained, and was really getting weak. Well, we went ahead, and we were able to make it up to Florence, um, South, Car- South Carolina. South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so we stayed the night, and then we got up the next morning to head to Kevin's and Shannon's. And how long did that take us, Deb? Hmm. So probably seven hours with Se- stops seven hours. and stuff. Yeah, so, so, traffic. So again, we were on the road again in the heat, and one of the things. Uh, bikers uh, listen up here because i didn't know this it's like when you're riding maybe some of you guys know so but for those of you who might not know when you're riding you are sweating and there is work happening you might feel comfortable on the bike the vents are blowing on you whatever the situation is so you're not you're not necessary you might be hot but not really hot and so is you've got this breeze on you so there's this your body and your head, you think you're okay. Mm-hmm. But when you come to a stop, have you noticed how you feel really, really, really hot? Well, that's what happened when I was riding. And when I stopped, I was really hot. And so we finally made it up to Gev's and Shannon's. And uh, Deb actually got to go out and have some fun with the neighbors right when she got there right quick. I and did. I got I got to hang out with Kevin. And... Uh, and, and then, so, so we went to bed and everything, and after, after, after we had a good time, and then I woke up the next morning, and I just did not feel myself. And I really couldn't put, I really couldn't, couldn't explain what was really going on with me. I had something like in my eyes, my eyes felt like there was something in it. I, uh, I was low energy, I guess. It was just really hard to really, to really um express like because i just never had really felt that way before and i'm thinking did i have a hangover i'm like no <laughs> I, I i could not have had a hangover i really didn't drink that much i had a few drinks but i deserved it sure <laughs> but i i know that i didn't have a hangover so i opted out i was like no this this can't be a hangover i, I mean i didn't drink that much and so as the day went on and actually the whole weekend went on and later that day, and I was urinating differently. Mm-hmm. Okay, I wasn't actually urinating as much. 
And then when I was urinating, I know this is weird on the radio, folks. But look, we got this it's is how we educate. Life. But this is real life. This, <laughs> yeah. this is what's going on. And the, the urine had a bright, like golden color or something, some strange, not an, an unusual color, dark color to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking nothing of it. But come to find out, what's what probably took place is I was dehydrated from but, all those symptoms. I'd say you're probably on the you money. Know, so. You know, we've got to be safe out on the bikes. And we went to North Carolina one time. One of our good friends, Mike, he actually got uh, dehydrated. Was cramped so bad that he couldn't oh, ride. thank you. That was the other thing. I, You know, here you go. That's you know, I, I think I'm this tough guy. I think I'm this... Anyway, I don't want to say it on the radio. But I think I'm this <laughs> tough... Big bad biker. Guy, not badass biker. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, you know, I think in my head that I'm this big bad dude, right? But, but I so all these pains and aches I get, I'm just supposed to deal with them because you know I'm just a tough guy. You're a tough guy, yeah. Just a tough guy. But little did I know because I never had those pains when we went to North Carolina. I've no. never had those pains. I've had maybe little aches and pains, but never cramping like this. Right. But you're riding and, a new motorcycle, so you know there could have been justifications in your mind. I'm sure. That's what I was thinking. It's yeah. a whole new motorcycle. Maybe the way I'm sitting is a little bit different. I'll have my legs extended. So, you know, I'm just trying to tough this out. And there was just so much pain yeah. that, that what I was experiencing, but I just was, you know, just rationalizing it or whatever, just trying to get through it. Come to find out, and I don't know if you're going to go over this, but that's probably, isn't that one of the symptoms of another symptoms of being dehydrated? Absolutely. I yeah. Mean, okay. So, so anyway, so what we thought that would be important for us to do is talk about, I was talking to one of the neighbors that we met when we were with Kevin Shannon. I think his name was Mike. Okay, yes. Mike and another gentleman. And I was talking about how I, my experience, what I just shared with you guys. And I said, well, you know, no, nobody's really educated me on dehydrating, dehi- you know, dehydration and what the symptoms are. Mm-hmm. You know, we always talk about, especially here in Florida, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Okay, we understand we got to drink a lot of water. Normally I drink a lot of water. But when you're out working or you're, you know, some other situation where you might not be paying attention, how do you become dehydrated and how do you know that you are dehydrated? Sure. Now, do you, did you look into this for, for me to, to find out if this was some of the symptoms and some of the things I was experiencing? I did. Yep, absolutely. I looked into it because I, I was obviously very concerned and I know you did a little bit of research on your own and, you know, I think... I think it's what I think is important before we really get into some of the symptoms is, you know, people may be wondering, you, you were on a motorcycle for all those hours and you guys didn't really drink anything. But oh, that's, no, I drink. that's not the case. You know, we had bottles of water, lots of bottles of water. Mm-hmm. I was trying to make sure you supplemented in between. But also our mindset was let's get on the road and let's make this happen. Let's get there as fast as we can. That's so true. we weren't doing frequent often stops. Nope, but we were going. And we'll talk about maybe some solutions to do things a little bit differently next time. And possibly. I would have had Gatorade going with us. Did we have a Gatorade going up? I don't even think we did. I think we just uh, stuck with water. just stuck with water. You so. know, I always have been the one... That, you know, people say just do water, you know, but right. I think sometimes you need a little bit more. To get some of those get, electrolytes uh, back like into your Powerade, Gatorade, and we right. don't want to give anybody, but, you know, um, you, know you need something. Mm-hmm. The electrolytes replaced it uh, somehow, I believe. Yeah. So as I was doing my research, what I found interesting about some of the things that you were experiencing is um, you may not have known how to word it, but you said you were, felt like something in your eye and that probably was because they were dry. 
they weren't as moist as they normally are and that would come from dehydration if you needed to tear up and you couldn't tear up oh, okay. anyway yeah but you know what that's you know as soon as you say that that sounds a little strange to me because believe it or not it seemed like it was more humid up there uh, than it is so, here in Florida. So true. I mean, I took a shower, got dried off. I was actually dry and then went out to have to do something with the bike. And I'm like, why did I even take a shower? I wasn't even out there five <laughs> minutes. I wasn't exerting anything, but I was soaked. Yeah. So, so it's sort of funny that when you say my eyes are dry yeah. when it was so humid, but it did. And then, uh, you know, Shannon was so always so nice and she always gave me some eye drops and it seemed to help. And when, I remember one time when I did an eye drop, I actually felt like there were some granules in my eye. Hmm. Um, so I remember that. So it was like there was something in there. And I remember blaming it on allergies too. Now I did have some kind of allergies. Yeah. So it could, this all could have been a combination of things sure. because I had sneezing fits like I've never had before. Was, I mean, I would sneeze like what Kevin said. I was just trying to, I was seeking times. attention. <laughs> Thanks, you know, but, yeah. but I did, I would sneeze like 10 times in the row, a row. And uh, yeah, Kevin says I was just, you know, looking for attention, looking for attention, attention to do that. But Way no, I'm telling you that was not the case. Uh, usually when I sneeze, it's maybe three times max yeah but this was back to back of a sneeze 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 sneeze, sneeze. yeah so there there had to be maybe a combination of both and then it felt like i was thinking that because the allergy is the way my my eyes my eyes were bloodshot i mean i could have been a vampire easily yeah i mean they were bloodshot they were glassy and i've never seen myself like that like i'd go in the restroom i'm like what is going on? Because I've never seen my eyes that way. Well, I couldn't. Th- I couldn't see them. So. Oh, gee, thanks. Okay. <laughs> would that was that is that another symptom of dehydration? Is 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 would would uh, my eyes being uh, bloodshot be a symptom? Be a sign that we could look out for? Or was it my allergies? Um, I'm, I'm I mean, not it sure. It, it doesn't say. Yeah, the research I did just said that you would you know you'd stop getting a lot of moisture in your eyes. So if the, you know they may stop tearing. So if you're riding so in the maybe, wind and they're not running you know like sometimes they do if you got a lot of wind blowing in them so so maybe that's why when shannon gave me those eye eye drops that moisturized them and they did feel a lot better correct yeah and they did they seemed to open up a little bit after that too so it could have been a combination i do believe just because of the sneezing and other things maybe that I experienced when we were mm-hmm. there. And I heard other people too. I was like, yeah. I heard one guy and I said, I'm glad that he, I'm glad I'm the, I'm the only oh, one. one. Yeah, yeah, it makes sure. me feel better not to know that I'm the only one out there sneezing my head off. So I remember when we were, you know, out and about doing a few things, you also talked about feeling a little nauseous. You weren't oh, so yeah. sure you were too hungry. And that's another sign or symptom. You may be nauseous and or, you know, sometimes it will lead to vomiting. So if you just are in that very dehydrated space, and that's when you really need to be careful because if you're vomiting, then you're getting rid of more fluids that your body really needs in order to stay hydrated in that form. Well, I've definitely, I, I don't know how much research you've done on this prior to the show, but I probably need to do a little bit more because, again, one of the neighbors that were over at Kevin Shannon's, uh, he was talking about how uh, he knew a Marine and the Marine said, you know, said the similar kind of things about the urine and that kind of thing. And somebody told him, if you don't start drinking water or something, you, you could die. Wow. And so I, I don't know, just shut down the kidneys, is it some heart thing. What is it? Did you, when you researched, did you see any of that, that, 
Yeah. I did see that organs begin to shut down because they need the fluids to move, but it wasn't specific. I mean, I I'm didn't, sure you know, I didn't one. read a book about it, but yeah. I was you just looked was at just something. looking at you know okay. some symptoms and trying to figure things out. But it does, you know, we our bodies need the fluid, and it's not only what's interesting is it's not only in the liquids that we think that we're drinking, but it's also in in food that has that fluid content to it too. So. You know, again, one thing we didn't do real well on the road while we were traveling is we didn't make frequent stops to make sure we were supplementing with food. We tried to just run, run, run hard and fast. Well, that's because I'm a badass biker dude. No, that's true. Absolutely. So, you know, I guess you paid the price. So I thought, for yeah, for being a being badass, badass, badass biker, biker dude. dude. Yeah. So, well, but we did things a little bit differently it, on the it, way back. There's a difference between it being a badass biker dude and a smart dude. Well, we were smart, smart on the way biker back. dude. We learned badass biker, so then you could be a smart badass biker so you gotta back. be smart so you can be a badass biker dude yeah so we did that well sometimes you learn matter of fact a lot of times when you learn when you ride you mm, learn it's always a learning opportunity there's, a, there's an opportunity to learn something be educated about something and we were educated about a lot on this trip there's a lot of different things uh that came to mind that uh you know whether it be your bike that you're riding things that you could change or do or add uh, those kind of things um, you always pick up on as as you go on these road trips. Right, because what we had talked about, if this were our motorcycles, you know, we would have been equipped or had, you know, maybe a bottle holder or something attached to yeah, it. What, so hog trough? Yes, hog trough. It, it, hog trough? <laughs> you can send uh, your... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to them about getting something so that we can it, test it out. It, and, and the only reason we mentioned the hog troughs is because uh, Kevin and Shannon, Shannon, Shannon had, had those theirs. affixed to their bikes. Yeah, yeah and that Hog troughs. So, you know, again, just the, a bottle that comes with that. It was a way to carry your drinks. Yep, but it, she said it fit a, a one and a half bottles of Gatorade in uh, there. Yeah, so I saw it. it. was a big bottle. It was so, a big bottle I mean, that and easy to while. use while you're riding. I bet it even kept so. it cool. I didn't ask him, I bet. I didn't either. Probably much better than me holding it in my hand. So, So, but we did. We learned some lessons. We did things very differently on the way back. And you know what? That's what it's all about is the lesson of life is on the road. So what else do you, what what else can you educate the people about when it comes to dehydration? Because here in Florida, you might be working outside and not even know this. You might be doing some menial. You might be doing the lawn. You might be weed eating. Yep. You know, I remember I used to spend almost an hour doing our lawn. Or two. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it would. That, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm out there by myself. So you would help when you could, uh, but you were usually inside cleaning. So, you know, being out there, it never really phased me. I mean, I would, matter of fact, I didn't, you know, thinking about it, I really didn't drink that much when I was out there that long. You'd bring me a cup of water, remember? Yeah. You'd always bring me a large cup of water and that would do me and then I'd go on. Right. But I've never been affected. And what Shannon was telling us is once you're, once you've been affected by, or, or maybe and Kevin said it, like frostbite and, and dehydration and dehydra- or heat stroke, heat stroke yep. you become more, more susceptible. Sensi- right, more sensitive to it ongoing. So, so, you know, and when I was, we were coming back the other day, I felt that. I was like, oh man, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be a weak nut. <laughs> you're you not. Know? You're not. You're not. No, it's I don't okay. want to be a weak nut. You're not. I'll tell you that. Okay. So well, that's the way I was feeling. I was able to find five tips that I felt would be helpful for other riders that maybe haven't either one done a long ride or been out in the extreme heat that we faced on this trip, trying to do a lot of miles, get a lot of things underway. So number one, you touched on it early in your story about your dehydration is number one is be sure not to drink too much alcohol the night before you plan to ride. Well, nobody told me that. I drank a whole bottle the night before I planned to ride. 
No, that, I, I don't that, think so. You said a couple drinks. No, I wasn't there. No, but. no, 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 no. Now you're saying the night before your ride. Right. The night before. No, that you that ride. was uh, that was the ride. I didn't that ride after. that night. That That's yeah, I arrived. Just, right. I so arrived. You were done, so you were already dehydrated, and, and then you do more. <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> all right, I was just joking. First of all, I was joking because you said the night before you ride. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, I had all this alcohol before I ride. No, I didn't have that much alcohol before I rode. It was when you were done riding. Right. Well, when I we were done. And by the yeah. way, I didn't have that much when I was done riding. I know. Uh, you can ask Kevin. He even said, well, maybe I, I think he said, maybe I had 13 or 14 drinks. Half I mean, a that's, bottle. You just drank him out of house and home. Well, you know, I mean. <laughs> that's it, what it was, a good guest does, That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We're just no. Our so, so again, it was just you a few were, drinks. You know, so. I guess you did it kind of in reverse, but you were already in a dehydrated state and then you just you added go. to it you by go. drinking that night. So, so people that are planning to ride, you know, don't just drink be, ca- the night be cautious before. the night before because yeah. alcohol is a diuretic and that's going to. Hey, um, is caffeine that way too? Probably so. Again, although I didn't dig really okay. deep into it. So we did, you know, and, th- and to that. One day we did stop for lunch. We ha- we both oh, drank we a whole lot more soda because cults. it was free. Oh, it was, gr- it was very cold. very cold. Um, it tasted so good, and we had more than we would normally ever have. We don't. I don't drink that much. We don't soda, drink so soda, so that may like have that. been something that we didn't do successfully too. Now that we well, think about okay. it, okay, add that to the list. So that's number one. Uh, number two is be sure and sip water the day of riding from the minute you wake up until you get on the road and ride. So again, sipping it will keep it in your system rather than a lot of people will chug 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 right before they leave and that when you chug it and drink it so quickly that will actually run it through your system faster well i'm not changing the way i do things when i get up in the morning i have two cups of water that's true okay but i will add and that's what i did when we were riding back is you had the water and i would sip it i didn't guzzle it i would sip it i'd keep it in my mouth for a while Mm -hmm. and just like try to make it last a little bit but i always kept adding water a little bit more and I think we did a little bit better coming back, but I think I'm still actually recovering from the first trip from up the there. From the go up. Wow. So what else is on there? Because well, we're about running out of time. Number three is be sure and wear ventilated outerwear. And so and making sure that you're totally covered up. <laughs> think about that a second. Yeah. How You know, you guys listen up. These are great tips. Because the first day I went up, which was really good because I did have a ventilated Harley. Correct. Shirt. Yep. Long sleeve. Long fact. sleeve. White, ventilated underneath the arms yep. and on the sides. So, yep, a lot of airflow. And then flow. the second day, though. Mm, yeah, what would you wear the second cotton, day? Cotton, long sleeve long shirt. Long sleeve cotton, yep. Uh-oh. Mm, yeah. So. so, and even if you wear a jacket in the hot climate that we live in, make sure it's a ventilated jacket. You know, a lot of people think they need to wear their leathers all the time for safety and protection on the motorcycle. But that actually does not let you breathe like a ventilated jacket. And there's so equipment knowing, out there that they can buy that Knowing that there's lots of stuff out there and choices when it comes to ventilated um, gear that you can wear. Okay. And make sure that you wear the gear as tip number four. So don't just have a nice ventilated jacket and think you're going to take off in your short, short sleeve shirts. Because when you have your skin exposed to the sun like that, and I did that one of these day, one day. Uh, actually, I wore... Um, not quite the right equipment, short sleeves both days up. And I may have been impacted by that too, because here's what happens when, you, when you're not fully covered in ventilated gear. What happens is that your body then, that you sweat because it's so hot, and as you're traveling, that sweat then evaporates off of your skin. So not only are you losing that moisture much quickly, rather than keeping it in inside your long sleeve or gear, um, but now you have the potential to get sunburned 
And, you know, the, the good thing is, is sunblock only works for so long. So you're going to have to continuously reapply that every time you stop. And again, now you're, you're causing other harm to your skin that you don't want to do. So not only are you worrying about that dehydration concept, now you've got to worry about sun and we've got other things to talk about when it comes to sun. And so then number five is stop more often when you're there, stay in the shade and make sure you're drinking lots of fluids, water, Gatorade, as we talked about. I know the one, um, one fluid that our friend Mike, we talked about him earlier, learned on our North Carolina trip was that um, coconut water is a great rehydrating fluid to drink. So when we had gotten up to uh, Virginia, we actually went to the store and bought some of that coconut water to make sure and resupplement our bodies as quickly as we can. So those are my five tips. Very good that tips. That I have. So I hope that works for, for everybody. And uh, we want to remind everybody uh, before I forget. On Thursday night, tune in to the Rocking Road Show. Yes. Because I believe Deb and I will be interviewed by them. So go out to Facebook, go to the Rocking Road Show, and go ahead and subscribe to their page. And that way you'll be able to see the, the live that they do with us on Thursday. Um, also, real quick, I'm not sure how we have much time, Deb. Um, I can't see the clock from here. But <laughs> do you want to share real briefly, briefly about the uh, Purple Heart Trail? I do. I'll just mention it quickly because one thing we noticed as we were traveling up 95 is that there were these signs all over called the Purple Heart Trail. So again, I wanted to do a little bit of research on that, but the purpose of the Purple Heart Trail is a system of roadways, highways, and bridges, and other monuments that give tribute to men and women who have been um, awarded with the Purple Heart Medal. So the Purple Heart Trail accomplishes this honorary goal by creating a visual reminder for us that the road systems have been paid a high price for their freedom to travel hmm. and live in a free society. And so That's I thought that familiar. that was pretty appropriate yep. based on our trip where mm -hmm. we attended, the event that we attended, and um, all of that too. So yep, sure. a, a price was paid, went kind of hand in hand with yep. what Kevin said about mm -hmm. Rolling Thunder. So um, if you do happen to see a purple heart trail sign on any of the roadways that you're traveling. That's just kind of a reminder, you know, let's stop and think and honor those that have received that purple heart. And uh, we need to recognize them for their service. They paid. Yeah. Some gave all what, how to forget how that saying goes. Cause I'm so tired right now, but uh, all gave some and, and some, some gave, gave all. all and that's it. Thank you, Deb. All right. So I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. And my name is Chuck. And uh, and thank, thank you, you so much for, for tuning in. in. We'll see you soon. Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy, where hairdressing is our passion. Your spotlight experience begins with a hands-on, learn-by-doing approach. A true salon experience. We create entrepreneurial hairdressers with endless opportunities. Financial aid available for those who qualify. Got a creative flair. A passion for people? A desire to be a leader in the fashion industry? Then call our Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy in Colorado Springs, Colorado at 719-390-9898 Again that number is 719-390-9898 Or visit www.coloradosprings.tonaguy.edu To learn more about our school in Kurt Allen, Idaho call 208-930-1276 Again that number is 208-930-1276 Or visit www.curdling.tonaguy.edu You know a career in beauty is right for you. Now choose the cosmetology school that puts the spotlight on you. Attend the Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy.
You've been listening to The Chuck and Deb Show, heard each Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. right here on 1490 AM WWPR. We thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us next week. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in the Bradenton, Sarasota area? Then contact Deb Bell at deblbell.com or 941-713-5035 for your real estate professional at Reynolds Realty Gulf Coast. Again, that number is 941-713-5035.